Hello and welcome to the uh, Game Time Bro Show, I think we're calling it now. Uh, I'm Steve, and with me is nobody else. I'm attempting a solo episode here, um, and I'm doing it because I've been playing a lot of games lately, and I I don't think it would be fair to subject the other bros to an entire episode where uh, I just talk about the the games I've been playing. So without further ado, um, here's my solo episode on the Annapurna Interactive Ultimate PS4 Collection. Now, first things first, you're probably or possibly wondering, uh, what is the Annapurna Interactive Ultimate PS4 Collection? And, well, I'll tell you. It's a series of eight games uh, physically released on the PS4 uh, about a month ago. So... Firmly in the last generation at this point, uh, well after the PS5 had launched. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the eight games represent the first four years of Annapurna Interactive's existence. Annapurna Interactive is a video game publisher. It's actually the video game department, so to speak, of uh, Annapurna Pictures, which is a a production company um, famous recently for uh, for such films as I'm just gonna read a list here starting in 2012 uh, the master zero dark 30 spring breakers her American hustle everybody wants some uh, sausage party that animated movie about the uh, the food that that all wants to have sex Phantom Thread, If Beale Street Could Talk, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Vice, Booksmart, Hustlers, and Bombshell, most recently in uh, in 2019. So I, I read off that, that list of movies just to sort of put you in the, the mindset for, for, for what, uh, what Annapurna pictures, uh, what type of content it is they're interested in, in producing, really. Uh, if you're familiar with, with any of those movies, you probably saw that that's kind of like a, a mix of nothing super eclectic there, but certainly some, some movies with indie cred and some movies with, uh, Oscar aspirations and even Oscar awards. So they're, they're kind of, I would put them more mainstream than say like an A24, but, uh, definitely a company that, that wants to, tell stories that the uh, perhaps the biggest studios aren't necessarily interested in, in investing in. And I think that that ethos uh, really translates on down to their video game uh, division, Annapurna Interactive. Annapurna Interactive only came into existence four years ago, at the very tail end of 2016, their first release... Uh, did not occur until 2017, and that was the game What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, that game is one of the eight games in the collection I, I purchased and played and that I intend to talk about shortly. 
the other seven games in that collection are in order of release date. Goragoa, Donut County, Outer Wilds, Telling Lies, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Wadham, and Kentucky Route Zero. These eight games were made available physically for the first time on the PS4, or at least several of them for the first time, uh, again, just a, f- a month or two ago. And I recently played through seven out of the eight of them, and I started the eighth, and then I got really into Breath of the Wild and had a kid, and why can't I finish anything, anything at all? Uh, maybe I won't even finish this podcast. We'll see. But uh, regardless, I, I, I've played enough of all eight games to, to talk about them, and I'm going to go ahead and, and do so right now. And uh, I'm going to do so in alphabetical order, because that's just the way the games line up in the set uh, from left to right. And as I look at the set right now, I can just start rattling them off. So first up is a little game called Donut County. Donut County is a game that really defies any attempts at explanation or even categorization. It's kind of a puzzle game, but more than that, it's sort of a really fast-paced, frenetic, uh, almost Twitter conversation-like game. And what I mean by that is the, the dialogue that occurs in this game just snaps back and forth. It's irreverent, it's quick, it doesn't really make sense. There's a a level of detachment within it. It felt unlike any game I've ever played, and I absolutely loved it. The story consists of you're a raccoon and you run a donut shop, or or I might already be forgetting uh, the details. The details are irrelevant. The story can't really be spoiled. Play the game. Go play the game. Uh, How do you play the game? The gameplay consists of... uh, You're a hole. You're a hole, and you you go around sucking objects up in a a small town, an unassuming town, where people just want to order donuts and eat donuts. And as you engulf more objects with your hole, your hole grows bigger. And if that sounds a lot like Katamari, uh, I agree. I think it sounds a ton like Katamar. But more than the gameplay, this game is... It's about the vibes. Uh, you're chilling, you're, you're a raccoon. I said you were a hole, it's complicated. You're, you're a raccoon that controls a hole. So all of the gameplay, you're a hole. But all of the narrative between the, uh, the levels, you're a raccoon. And the raccoon, he just wants, a, like, a drone or something, um, and, and has a harebrained scheme that involves engulfing the entire town in a, a, a hole in order to get it. I, I don't know. But there are cutscenes that take place, like, a thousand feet below the surface of the Earth. Uh, you know, the town, needless to say, gets kind of pissed off at this guy, this little raccoon. And the, the game only gets sillier and crazier, and to even say much more about it at this point would be uh, probably a waste of my time and of yours. It's a game that should be experienced 
rather than uh, heard about because really the beauty of this game is in its vibes. It's all about the vibes, guys. It's the art direction here, uh, the soundtrack, just this beautiful little fizzing, popping, jangly, lo-fi delight that is just a perfect soundtrack to suck up an entire town's worth of, of people and objects and buildings to. Um, quick play, great play, easy play. I think it's free on Game Pass right now. I also, I know that it's less than $5 on Nintendo Switch. This is a, a just an easy little buy for rental or subscription-based play, whatever you want to do, however you want to play it. Can't say enough positive things about it, but I also, you know, will we'll caveat the hell out of that statement by saying that it's, like, very silly and two and a half hours long. Um, but you're going to like it. You're, you're going to like this game if you play it. I don't know what else to tell you. So, with that said, let's move on to the second game in the Annapurna Interactive Collection, Goragoa. Goragoa is easily the shortest game in this collection, um, but it may have been minute for minute hour for hour, my favorite. I say hour for hour. The entire game took me probably about an hour. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Um, but it was a stunning, beautiful, hand-drawn puzzle game. Um, the entire game takes place on a little 2 by 2 grid. Um, and it's, it's not... If I've said slide puzzle, I don't mean that it works at all like the traditional slide puzzles in which you're trying to line up like 16 squares in order, 1 through uh, 15 with a with a free space or anything like that. This is, there are just, there are sort of four different uh, scenes occurring at any point in time. And what you do is you zoom in and zoom out in uh, from, to and from the various squares and you sort of walk a character, a, a boy, collecting apples um, through through these various um, pictures, really. Uh, again, stunning, hand-drawn, gorgeous little pictures. This is impossible to describe uh, with my voice. You really need to, to see this to understand what it is. But uh, suffice it to say, like, in... in, in one of the four puzzles, right? You'll you'll zoom into a picture on the wall, and that picture on the wall will be of a, a an apple tree or something, and and then you'll realize that in your your bottom left frame you've got uh, a, another separate scene. That if you zoom in on that one, you can connect uh, a, a portion of of each of the two pictures together and by sliding the two next to one another your your boy hero will uh, traverse from one frame to the next it's i'm not doing it any justice whatsoever but it's a it's a stunning beautiful uh, super creative game i'm so happy i played it i haven't really forgotten about any of it um which means it's it's replay value is next to nil 
Um, and again, it's a very short game. It's it's maybe an hour long. The puzzles are really they, they make you use your brain, but they're not super difficult. You're not going to get stuck playing this game. You're not going to have to consult the walkthrough. There are only so many different ways to zoom in on each slide and each frame um, to, to again to get this boy from here to there collecting apples. Um, I absolutely love this game. This game is another one that I think you can get for like $5 on the Switch right now. It might be a little more expensive than that on other platforms. I haven't really looked, but I, I will push this to the moon. Um, far and away, one of the best puzzle games I've ever played. It's right up there with, uh, with Braid from, God, like 10 years ago, at least. Um, <laughs> more than 10 years ago. God, I'm, I'm getting old. Um, but just a stunning, thought-provoking game. Um, go ahead and try to make sense of the narrative in this one if, if you really want to. Um, speaking of Braid, you know, as, as Soldier Boy would, would say, ain't no point to the game. It's dumb as hell. Ain't no point to the game. Um, but it is fun. You, you walk this little guy around. You know, train tracks become ladders. Uh, windows become candles become dragon's eyes become uh, you name it it's it's a fun game it's worth playing and i i can't recommend it strongly enough i really can't and i'm i'm already out of things to say about it but that's okay because this next game that i'm going to talk about uh i have plenty to say about and that game is kentucky route zero Like smoke's arising and it surely is a train Surely is a train, boys, surely is a train like Kentucky Route Zero is the game in this collection that I had the biggest uh, love-hate relationship with. Um, what I mean by that is that I... There's so much about this game I loved. And by the end of it, I was so sick of it. I was so ready for it to be over. I was done with it. Um, it's probably the longest game in the collection. I, again, haven't finished all eight. And I think the, the eighth and final one that I'm playing is, in fact, the longest one. But that's neither here nor there. We'll get there. Um, Kentucky Route Zero, at least a 10-hour game. Um, and it is all narrative. I mean, this is a this is a text-heavy game, and it's it's beautifully written. It really is. Um, the game starts. It takes place in Kentucky, as as you may surmise from the name. Um, this old van kind of rumbles up to a gas station. Guy gets out. There's an old man kind of hunched over, has a dog with him, talks to the blind gas station attendant. The sun is setting. Um, he's looking for an address, the, the delivery driver. Um, he's, he's looking for, for an address to deliver, uh, like, antique furniture to. And the blind gas station driver says, you know, I've, I've got no idea uh, where that is, but you might want to take... Kentucky Route Zero to try to get there. Now, Route Zero doesn't work like other roads, and and already this game is we're just off to the races with like a supernatural vibe. Kind of takes place all in one night, or at least in a perpetual nighttime. Um, 
there are ghosts or ghostly vibes throughout it. Um, it's unclear what planes of existence are even intersecting in this game. Again, just beautifully written. There are like glow-in-the-dark skeletons at one point. Not to jump the gun, but that, that just work in a warehouse. I, the game is surreal. The game is ridiculous. It feels a ton like if Haruki Murakami were to write um, the great American novel. I mean, there's magical realism here. Um, everything is, a, is it feels decaying feels ghostly it takes place in the american heartland um but the american heartland isn't isn't doing so hot this game is a a five act game the first act came out all the way back in 2012 i think and the, the most recent the fifth and final chapter only just came out like a year or two ago. Might have even been last year, might have been 2020. Um, so a lot of people waited a long time for the conclusion of this story. Um, but, but what I regret to say here, and, and really where my, you know, uh, where the hate comes in, and that, that aforementioned love-hate relationship, is that the story itself is utter nonsense and I don't mean that it's hard to follow or that there are plot holes or anything like that what I mean is that you, as you play the game you sort of collect an array of characters and each one is absurd and perhaps more absurd than the last and you know at one point you meet a little boy whose brother is a giant eagle and that giant eagle uh, just transports you from like one side of the map to to another it's it's all so weird and fucked up and i said this was a text heavy game and i mean that i i don't know the exact word count of the game but this is right up there with a a genuine full no-nonsense novel in terms of its length um and a lot of people really, really liked this game. It won Game of the Year awards multiple times because, again, it came out over the, you know five separate years it was released. Um, or at least installments of it were, were, were released. And the, the entire game, I think, won some Game of the Decade acclaim because, again, it started in 2012, came out, finished up in 2020. But for a game that is so cool and mysterious and weird up front. Honest to God, the the way it all unravels and turns into just complete gobbledygook, it didn't sit right with me. And I'm sure that's appealing to some people, and there were still moments in the later chapters that I enjoyed and recall fondly. Certainly the soundtrack to the game is this beautiful, ghostly bluegrassy Americana um, and I loved that but the game itself by by chapter 4 I was done I was just mashing X to get through dialogue I did not care anymore I genuinely did not care um, because I, there were too there were far too many characters far too many uh, disparate story threads going on 
and again, the, the, the overall, the sum of its parts certainly tells this beautiful, charming, sad, um, timeless story about, honestly, about, like, America in decline. It's an old man. He's selling antique furniture in a delivery truck. Uh, talking to a blind old gas station attendant. I mean, it, it, right off the bat, it's it's ghostly. It's of the past. It's It really makes you feel like uh, it's a game about not so much loss, but uh, fading away. Um, again, Radio Static plays a, just a huge role in this game. Um, ghosts are... I don't want to give anything away, but... They're never really explicitly part of the game, but ghosts, zombies, the undead, the dead, they're they're all haunted. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a very it's a haunting game. It's ethereal. Um, and any other synonym you can think of, etc. etc. whatever. I I respect this game, but if people want to hold this up as one of the greatest, like and I've heard people, or read people say that this is maybe the great American novel. This game right here, this Kentucky Route Zero, is just a, a story about decline and loss and, and American failure here in the 21st century. But it, to those people, respectfully, I'd say go, go read books. Books exist. Um, there are some very good books out there. There are a lot of very good books out there. This... What, what you're watching and playing and clicking through is not a book. It is book-like. It is in many ways superior to a book. It's bringing you a different experience than a book. But, but this is not the great American novel, nor is it a novel at all. It is a visual story with a ton of reading. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you like it. I, I really am. I'm not trying to shit on it. But it's not... It's not an incredible book. Go read a real book. Um, but but I'm just rambling at this point. Um, so it's it's probably time to move on to uh, to the only game in the collection I have not yet beaten, Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is a game in which you're stuck in a time loop. I'm going to give away the the gimmick right away. You are on an Earth-like planet. You are you start the game. You are told to go explore the uh, first the moon and then the small solar system beyond. And then about 22 minutes into the game, uh, Max might be 21. It doesn't matter. Um, the sun goes supernova and explodes and you die. And that's if you haven't died uh, prior to 22 minutes of gameplay, which I I did quite often, um, actually. Um, the, the, the galaxy has exploded. And now suddenly you're, you're back where you started. You, you wake up with a, a sharp, you know, <gasps> deep breath. Rinse and repeat. Get back in your ship. Um, go off. Venture forth. Uh, see what else you can you can find uh, here on this twenty-two minute stretch of of game. The 
point of the game ultimately, and I won't give it away. Um, and again, I, this is the one game I've not actually finished yet, so I'd be talking out my ass if I told you about the end of the game. But the the point of the game really is to understand, of course, as you may gather, a why the universe or the solar system keeps uh, exploding, why the sun goes supernova, and b um, how can we prevent that from happening? And and this game takes you to five or six different worlds or planets. It's got a really cool physics engine. Um, the worlds are very small. They're certainly bigger than like in, in Mario Galaxy, but overall we're talking that level of, uh, of it's a very micro solar system, right? The, the moon orbiting the Earth-like planet can be reached in like 20 seconds with your, your rocket. But you've got to fly toward it and approach it in the right way, otherwise you'll crash directly into it. There's a lot of like interesting astrophysics going on here. Um, and the, the overall vibe of the game, pretty cool. This is a, a game where the, like there's an entire... You're not a human in this game. We'll start there. You're, you're some sort of lizard alien, naturally. Um, you're not... It, it would have been so easy to make this game with people on Earth. But this is not that. This is some alien race that loves flying spaceships around and it, it exists in a solar system like ours, but, but not ours explicitly. Um, I, I've enjoyed my, my brief time with this game. It was a little frustrating at first, um, but there's something freeing about dying frequently. Um, naturally you, you, suddenly stop caring how often you're dying and, and you realize you don't need to worry about fixing your ship when it lands rough on like the Mars planet because guess what it doesn't matter in a few minutes you're going to restart anyway um, you're going around you're collecting knowledge you're amassing knowledge you're ultimately being directed toward uh, again some solution to the problem of uh, why is the goddamn solar system keep exploding Obviously, when you, you talk about movies like uh, Groundhog Day or, or what was it called? Live, Die, Repeat, that, that one with Tom Cruise. Um, people compare them to video games. Like, oh, you get infinite lives, you get to start over. Well, this is a video game that sort of takes that concept and, and pulls it back. You know, the movie concept itself of, well, every day you spend and die, you learn a little bit more about the situation you're in, right? And it, it it sort of recasts that into a, a video game, which I think is pretty cool. It, we've come full circle there. Um, or arguably, you could say that's how video games work and have always worked, you dumbass. Um, there's nothing novel about this at all. Uh, I would disagree, but at the same time, I've not yet finished this game, so, so who am I to say? But let's go ahead and move on to a game I have finished, and a game I finished in the span of, God, maybe another, maybe an hour. Sayonara Wild Hearts. (laughs) 
this game, it absolutely slaps. It rips. It it does all the the words that I shouldn't be saying. I'm 32 years old. Uh, it fucking owns the the soundtrack on this game. And to be clear, the soundtrack is like the entire point of playing the game. Um, it's this start to finish, high energy, exceptional Swedish Euro synth pop. And maybe that's not your bag. Maybe you're hearing what's going on in the background right now, saying, "Yeah, no, I. Why would I want to play a game that that sounds like this from start to finish?" Um, fuck off. Just fuck all the way off. This is good music. This is the best music. They don't make pop music better than this. And there are worse things to base a game on than a kick-ass soundtrack of of Swedish synth-pop. I don't know. Um, The entire game is a... It's an auto-runner rhythm tapper. Uh, If those words make sense to you, congratulations. If not, I mean, it's, it's an enhanced version of something you'd find on a cell phone. I'll be honest with you. The creators called it, I think, an interactive music video, and that about sums up the gameplay experience. But who cares? It sounds amazing. should say more about this game so that I am not just filling space with the music itself and getting a DMCA takedown issued to to game time bro um, it, it's a combination of, of a rhythm game and, a, and an auto runner really I, I've, I've already summed it up it's a game where you're a girl on a kick ass bike or on a motorcycle or in a car or a skateboard or something and you're just flying around and jumping and doing cool moves and attacking and, and automatically your your character is just doing kick-ass moves and, and flipping around and jumping and, and bouncing off of buildings and everything's happening so frenetically and there's bright lights and they're flashing and it's it it's it's just a dopamine hit this game I mean you're I don't know what else to say about it. It's unlike any of the other games in the collection. It's probably the least game out of any of the games in the collection. But it, four or five of the, of the 25 tracks in this game have, have just burrowed their way into my head. Um, and they'll, they'll live there forever.
this is fair use, right? I, just a like thirty seconds of a, a, a clip of a track. That's we're fine here, right? Yeah, I've, I've got nothing left to say about this game, but can't recommend it strongly enough. Fun, enjoyable, delightful, and uh, I haven't even really talked about the narrative underneath it all, which is uh, that of a a young woman getting out of a bad relationship, maybe, or or finding herself. I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's a fun game, full of good music. And on that note, it's it's really time to move on to the sixth game in the collection, Telling Lies. Telling Lies was made by the guy who made Her Story, which was a indie title that came out a few years before it. And both of the games are really the same. Um, they're games in which you use a search engine to query a series of existing video clips looking for uh, specific words and phrases that occur in dialogue. Um, if that sounds terribly unfun, it might be because it kind of is after a while. Uh, I hate to say it, her story was maybe two or three hours long total. Um, telling lies is is a much bigger, grander thing. It's a, a game with maybe like ten hours of, of footage to scroll through uh, with, with real actors here. They got... Uh, Logan Marshall Green, they got Carrie Bish, just people you've seen in or on or around uh, television shows, and I, I, this game left me feeling kind of cold, I don't know, it, it, again, it takes like six, seven, eight hours to, uh, to play through, and the entire point of the game is to understand yourself um, what it is you're looking for in this database in the first place. It's to piece together little snippets of uh, video chats and vlogs. Um, you know, you're, you're some sort of... You, you've got inside access. You're, you're a government employee. You're someone hacking into a government system that has been monitoring, um, you know, this guy or these people... And really, the point of the game is to figure out why. And you start to, you know, you'll learn that the guy's from Detroit, and so you'll you'll search for Detroit, and suddenly there's five new clips that come up, and you watch each one of those, and it's it's just sort of a search tree. It's like a, it's it's Wikipedia rabbit hole the game. It's it's not. Oof, this is probably my least favorite of the eight games. Although I respect what it was going for and what it did, it was too big and too long and there was too much dull dead time within it um once you figure out the way the various characters connect and i won't spoil anything about it but it's it's not that complicated there aren't that many layers to it um once you figure out the chronology of of the timeline you're you're looking at it's really not that interesting a story i've got to be honest um which is really too bad, but it allows us to move on now and, and talk about a little game called Wadham.
If there's one word that describes the experience of playing Wadham, it is joy. This is just a pure, almost unadulterated, absolutely silly, joyful game. It is by the maker of Katamari. That's the second time Katamari's come up um, <laughs> on this this podcast. Um, and that makes sense. Katamari's a goofy, silly, unique game, and so are a lot of the games in the Annapurna Interactive PS4 Ultimate Collection. But I digress. Uh, in Wadham, you start out as this green anthropomorphic cube with a bowler hat. And you're all alone, and you have no friends, and you're sad about that. Uh, you used to have friends. Uh, you used to have a whole wide world of, of friends and family. But all that's gone now. And you're sad. And then you run around and uh, uh, dance to this delightful, tickling jazz music. And you discover like a little pebble. And this pebble suddenly looks up and has a face and oh my god now you you can control either the the anthropomorphic cube with the bowler hat or the little pebble and sure enough then the pebble discovers a a giant rock and then uh, before you know it you have like a hundred different characters all introducing themselves making their way in one by one uh like a the world's worst stage play or or something it's Describing it does it no justice, which I've found to be the case for, for most of these games at this point. But it's just a, a stupid, delightful game where you run around, you hold hands, you dance, you laugh, you twirl, you you make new friends, and, and new friends show up, and the world expands. And suddenly you've gone from this little lonely green cube to a a thriving community of anthropomorphic uh, watermelon slices and batteries and bowling pins and trees and acorns and all kinds of dumb shit and it's just delightful it's it's a silly silly game but the only feeling you have while you're playing it beyond frustration at the wonky controls I'll be honest is joy it is happiness the shapes and foodstuffs when they greet each other they laugh and it's it's just this recorded uh child's laughter it's laughing children is the is the sound you'll hear frequently when you play this game um it, and it's all above just the the most gentle beautiful delicate little piano soundtrack i've ever heard i love this game and there's a there's a little story happening in and around and in between the margins here and underneath it all. I mean, why why is the green cube? Why does he start out so alone? What happened to the world these creatures once inhabited? Um, all of that gets revealed. And, you know, I've, I've called this a very happy game, but maybe it's a very sad story. And maybe, maybe it's a, a story worth seeing for yourself. I'm running out of steam here, so I'm going to just give this a blanket recommendation. Unfortunately, I think it's only available on PlayStation right now, uh, certainly on PS4. I'm not even sure if it's available on, on PS5, and I think it's a full 20 25 bucks, which is a 
That's a bit much to pay for a, like a five-hour game, but whatever. I enjoyed this experience. That's all I can say, and uh, I hope you do too. If you if you partake in it. Um, but this brings us to the end. It's time now to discuss the final game in the collection. The game that really, I already mentioned, uh, kicked off Annapurna Interactive's very impressive four-year run. I'm referring, of course, to What Remains of Edith Finch. What Remains of Edith Finch has been categorized, perhaps pejoratively, as a walking simulator. And I get that. I completely understand where people are coming from when they say that all you do in this game is a walk from point A to point B and have a story delivered to you. Um, It's really not the most involved game. It's on rails. It's a very linear giant house that you're exploring Um, you play Edith Finch you've inherited this house after the last member of your family has died and you're you're going back home to really explore the house and you know in doing so you the player learn the stories of the various members of the Finch family and how they met their untimely demises and how they always have there's not a lot of game here And I've said that before about a few games in this collection. This really is an interactive, there's that word, narrative. Um, You're you're guiding Edith Finch from room to room in this giant house. Stories are delivered to you through voiceover. You can't change the ending in any way. It's a singular story. I would say there's no replay value here whatsoever. But it's a cool story, and it's delivered in a cool way. And I think that's something that these sort of, again, walking simulators, um, that's something they can do that, that other forms of storytelling really can't. Um, in this game, you, you experience firsthand the deaths of probably close to a dozen different characters in little vignettes. But each vignette is presented with a sort of a different flourish, a different flair, um, maybe an homage to a different genre of, of storytelling. But like there's one where you just, you're a boy on a swing and you just pump both joysticks back and forth really fast until you go so high on the swing that you swing all the way around and, and fly into the sea. I mean, that's, that's pretty silly, but at the same time, that's maybe a cooler way to to tell the story of a little boy who swang too high than just showing that would be or writing about that would be um the highlight of the game for me was the teenage son who slowly went insane and worked at a sort of a fish canning factory and and slowly began to lose his mind and fantasy overtook reality and he ended up well dying obviously but the way in which he did while just being hyper delusional about creating this whole little world in his mind well you know in that game you're using the left joystick to to navigate a fantasy 
daydream character around while using the right joystick to continue to just slice fish heads off. Um, guess how that one ends. Uh, but it's it, it's cool. I I liked Firewatch. I liked Gone Home. Those are other games in this vein where there's not a lot going on. You're walking from point A to point B, experiencing a story. I, I and that's kind of that's the Annapurna Interactive brand in a nutshell. As we really look back on the whole, you know, the collection that was. I said interactive music video for Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm saying interactive narrative here. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero was a, you know, the interactive great American novel where you're selecting different uh, uh, lines of dialogue, essentially. You're writing the novel as you go. It's it's just a cool collection of uh, of games that that aren't like other things out there or, or you know, are derivative or, or have their own clones or copycats out there, but I, the the breadth here, the scope, the variety of of these eight games really kind of blew me away. I knew I was going to get eight little indie titles, but I didn't know I would get eight substantially different ones by different developers who want to tell different stories in different ways or just make different games in different ways. And that was pretty cool to me. I'm glad that I bought this little collection. I definitely did not need to pay $180 for it, but again, that's me harping on the price. Uh, and I'm glad to be able to tell all of you out there that, that you can get basically all these games for, for like five to $15. I, I don't know. Do your own research, but this is running long. I'm tired as hell. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, this I think counts as good content that I've made for Keith and for the website. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe and like complain to be Steve Sheridan photo uh, at uh, Twitter dot. I, I don't know how the fuck he ends this. I don't think he knows how he ends it either. Oh, shit. What time is it? Somebody bring me a mirror.